What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. We've got a great show for you today. Did Jonathan Gannon fix the Eagles offense? He did. The James Harden reports from Ramona Shelburne. At 1230, we have the professor of vibes, Jason Del Gandio out of Temple, who's going to talk to us about the vibiest team in the MLB in the last couple of years, the Philadelphia Phillies. But first, I want to bring on Kevin Kincaid because we have a lot to talk about, and one of our favorite subjects to talk about, Qgannon's back. Qgannon <laughs> is back. Love to see the haters try to spin this one that J- that uh, Jonathan Gannon did not actually fix the offense. Here, If you didn't see it, there was an article out there on The Athletic. I think it was done by Zach Kiefer uh, about Jonathan Gannon uh, in the Cardinals, and he, they talked about how Nick Sirianni ran into the room and was like, holy shit, I have no time to manage the game and call plays. The Eagles were two and five. So Gannon just said, give the play calling to Shane. And all we know is the rest is history. Nick Sirianni gives the play calling to Shane Steichen. The Eagles go to the Super Bowl. Jonathan Gannon is now in Arizona. And he fixed the uh, the Eagles by just saying, who gives a fuck? Which I think a lot of things in life can just be fixed by saying, who gives a fuck? Uh, it's true. You're a huge, huge. I feel like you're a big who gives a fuck guy. Yeah, yeah. If, it's not you broken, just, if you're not dying, no one's gonna die in this industry. No, no, like Tobias Harris. You know, no, nobody, uh, nobody died. I just got booed. You know, you have to have some level of that in everything you do to kind of just you know sweep it under the rug and move on to the next thing. Of course. Um, so as Craig pulls this up here, this is from the Athletic article. Give the play calling to Shane, Gannon suggested, referring to offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. While they're going to look at me like I'm a failure, Gannon remembers Sirianni saying, who gives a fuck? Gannon replied, we're going to get fired if we're 3-14. and 14. Did I not do a good enough job of just paraphrasing that, uh, Craig? Well, this is early. So this this is Gannon recalling a story from the first uh, year that they, were all, that they were all coaching. Um, and the story goes... <laughs> you just said that. Huh? I just said this exact thing. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm just reading with Craig. I'm following Craig's cues. Don't follow Craig's. Craig doesn't host this show. Craig doesn't co-host this show. He's in the background for a reason. Well, here, let me read this paragraph here. Sirianni handed uh, offensive play calling duties to Steichen and then came into his own as a head coach. The Eagles took off, and just like he had at every previous stop, Gannon learned by watching his boss work. Nick was phenomenal, says Gannon. They used to call him Captain Chaos in Indy because Sirianni was such a hothead on the practice field, probably because he's Italian. Um, a year after bowing out in the wild card round in the playoffs, the Eagles went 14-3, and earned the NFC's top seed, then won their first two playoff games by a combined 55 points. So that was like the one thing from the Gannon article in The Athletic that he uh, apparently, if Gannon is not just making this shit up, which some people accuse him of doing, Apparently, he deserves some credit for getting Nick Sirianni to uh, give the play calling duties to somebody else and take that off of his shoulders and and just coach and just be a head coach. Um, People, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say the other half of it then was there was there was some earlier stuff in that story where. Gannon wasn't exactly taking responsibility for the Super Bowl. And I think people were mad about that. Um, Yeah, they asked him a little bit. I guess Kiefer asked him a little bit about the two plays. <laughs> that uh, you know that the Chiefs scored on that kind of dummy motion um, back to the back to the near side of the field, and I you know I mean you know we've been over the Gannon stuff a lot. It's like there's some people who are just gonna think he's an asshole and think he's full of it no matter what. Um, 
Oh, I'll re- I'll relitigate the shit out of it until week one, maybe even further on, because I don't think it's I, I it it baffles me that we put him and you had this in your fifty infallible takes, I believe that's what it was called. Yeah, that people are going to treat him like like bona fide losers, people who gave up on the team, Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz all season. Now we are also going to do it yeah. on Crossing Broad, so you can't yell at us because right, we do right. get paid by Elon and we get paid by you know, other things and stuff that we do have to write about. But the thing is, there was a laundry list of, of decisions that affected that outcome in the Super Bowl, and people just want to hammer it in on Jonathan Gannon, who only gave up 182 yards to maybe the greatest quarterback of all time or the best quarterback of all time, depending on where he, he ends in his, uh, in his career. I just never understood that. I mean, you can hate him. Don't get me wrong. You can say he's unlikable. I wouldn't disagree with that. He has a very punchable face. He's a guy with a very punchable face, a la me. I understand how much you want to punch someone's face when they do something stupid or they do something wrong or they play too level too high safety or whatever and they're letting, you know, guys just dink and dunk all over the place. I understand. But the fact that we want to talk about Gannon and just be like, hey, listen, that's the sole reason why they lost the Super Bowl. When you look at Super Bowl 52 and you look at Jim Schwartz giving up 600 yards and being like, okay, we don't talk about that because of the outcome of, of, of what happened in that Super Bowl. And you want to say he should have been more aggressive. He should have went and got the ball back. Once again, the sod father should be in hell because he, the uh, how slippery the uh, field was. I mean, I just think there are so many different outcomes that, that come up. I mean, I, I'll always go back to it. The Eagles scored 35. Gannon's defense gave up 31. Yeah, look, I just I hate the timing of that story, honestly, because it's supposed to be more of a, like a not a not a expose, more like a feed long form, you know, about the, his first. You're going into his first week, first game as Cardinals coach. You know, Zach Kiefer's an indie guy, right? So he knew, yeah, you know, all those all that staff that came over from Indy to Philly, and then went and then went to Arizona, you know. Um, but yeah, I try, man. I try to stay off Twitter. I'm like, uh, yeah, do I want to press publish on this? But then I see, you know, the all the Gannon stuff again. It's just, you know, I have to, I have to, you know, type out basically what you just said there, where it's like, uh, you know, are you going to make I'm, it through the season, Kev? No, man. I feel like I'm not going into the season with, with, with you. Good, uh, you like we have the vibes guy on later today, and your vibes yeah. absolutely suck. If I, I know my my energy, I got low energy, as as Trump uh, used to say. Right, uh, my energy levels are not very high right now. But I may mean, take off tomorrow. Actually, take off tomorrow. I'll handle the site. Yeah. The site will be in good hands. Yeah, I'm gonna go like hiking or something. Get myself ready to 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 do uh, some good content on Sunday. You know, yeah. I, think, I think I need a little. Uh, yeah, you know, didn't help that I had a two year old for the entirety of the Labor Day weekend. You know, I you think want me to come I, I got to babysit the kids. You want me to come over and babysit the kids? Does somebody come over and babysit the oh, kids? Do, do you want me to come over and babysit the kids? Uh, you can try. Yeah. Uh, how long do you, how long would you trust me with the ki- with the children? It's not, it's not about not trusting you. It's about not trusting my kids. Ooh. You know, the two, the two-year-old's going through like a separation anxiety thing here. Like even even in the house too. If my wife's in one room and I'm in the other room, it's no no bueno, man. We got to be like closer together. Got to tie like an invisible string between the two of us, and we can't we can't go like any further. Uh, she'll I don't know, she'll figure it out. I don't know. I think I could do it. I think I could do it. throw some bluey on, throw some whatever movie on. Be like a yeah, you'd be probably like a fun like uncle, I'm a funkle. You know? Yeah, 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 a funkle. That's right. I'm a yeah. career funkle. Anyway. Yeah, um, um, but you know, I, I here's the thing. Like with the Gannon, let's 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 like just wrap that article. Um, again, I, I, again, the Super Bowl. Nobody, no fan, no media can explain what the fuck was going on defensively on either one of those plays. They still have no understanding of what the Eagles do schematically for that. And then you just make the assumption that Gannon just 
sees that same formation again and does something different, assuming that Andy Reid's going to do the same thing. Again, it's a guessing game, you know? Mm-hmm. If they come out and they roll the safety down and they move the nickel back, and that prevents the jet sweep motion, the pre-snap motion, so be it. If they stay in man-to-man and that prevents them from doing – prevents the dummy shit to the to the near side, okay. But, again, you don't know what the Chiefs are going to do. You still have to You still have to guess at it, right? There's no magic bullet. There's no magic defensive call that's just going to be ready for whatever the Chiefs throw at you, which is why he played a lot of cover two to begin with last year. So, again, I just can't deal with these people talking about this stuff who don't know – who have no clue what they're talking about. The, the shitty part of this is we need a we need an anti Gannon guy like a like a Jeff Wool or like a or like a I don't know how anti Russ is but we just need an anti uh, Gannon guy maybe San Filippo would be a good one or uh, maybe even even Wankel but because me and you are just kind of like I don't know too level headed shout out to us we're just well, too here, here's level-headed. the thing here's here's the real question right it's because people say like well Gannon has lied about stuff in the past so they just don't believe it yes. right and and you know but you also have to ask yourself. What was the real catalyst for Sirianni making that decision? Had he been thinking about it before? A lot of fans and media had been suggesting it, right? Just because Gannon was thinking it and mentioned it in a meeting, according to the story, that doesn't mean that was the like de facto pivot point where he said, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to give up play calling. Now. Maybe it was something he had been thinking about for weeks, you know? So I don't know how much credit Jonathan Gannon gets or how much he doesn't get, but everybody, everybody knew that it was something that had to happen just based on the fact that Sirianni had too much on his plate. Mm -hmm. He was trying to call plays. He was trying to be a head coach. He was trying to manage a game, you know, timeouts, no timeouts, challenge flag, all this shit for the first time. He had too much on his shoulders, and everybody knew that he had to delegate something at some point. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's it's not like Gannon had this, like, idea that nobody else had, right? Maybe give him credit for for bringing it up and saying it to him and maybe pushing the, the envelope on that. But it's not like he had, this was some proprietary thought that like Gannon was the one who thought like everybody was thinking that at the time, you know? Jonathan Gannon is an influencer. You can't tell me any otherwise. I mean, I need I need anything I can get. I need anything right now. Like the cup is overfloweth in anti-Jonathan Gannon sentiment. And we don't have many shekels in the cup that needs no. to flow with with Q Gannon and whatnot. And now people have yeah. pissed me off so much that I will be on this Q Gannon stuff for the rest the rest of eternity until Jonathan so Gannon you- is coaching the defensive backs in uh Texas in uh, in a couple well, of years. And here's the dumb thing. Here's my final Gannon point. Because <laughs> people are like, now the popular thought is like he's going to be a one and done out there in That's, Arizona. I don't agree with that. They're, first of all, they're not trying to win. They're clearly rebuilding. They they have an injured quarterback. They have no talent out there. So, I mean, no coach is going to be successful with what Arizona has this year, especially when you're in the division with the Niners and the Seahawks, right? They're not, they're not going to do anything. Shane Steichen, by the way, is not going to do much better. <laughs> Like I see five wins max for the Colts, right? Um, but uh, I, I just again, I don't. I think the one and done thing is just like you know, maybe he's maybe they see him as a placeholder or whatever. And and but but again, there's so there's so much stuff that that fans are just gonna jump. Well, we're gonna put those stories on the site, but it's not gonna be like oh, you know, Gannon just uh, threw a challenge flag and he lost the challenge. I'm not gonna like drop everything and get on my phone and tweet it. You know, no. and some people will. Some people will. You know, like when Carson, you know, threw his first interception for the Colts or whatever. But I don't know. I just, I, I, you know, public enemy number one, I guess Eagles fans got to focus on somebody. Let me ask you this. What do you think? Mm -hmm. What do you think Sean Desai's defense is going to look like against New England? 
I think it's going to look exactly like Jonathan Gannon's defense looked against New England, except maybe, well, not worse because the offensive line is banged up. So I think they will get to Mac Jones. But if it was a good offensive line, I would mm-hmm. say potentially worse because the defensive line just isn't as good as it was last year. I mean, that's a good game to start out with, right? I mean, the Patriots offense is not exactly. Uh... It's Ramondre Stevenson, basically. It shut down Ramondre Stevenson is what I've been reading. Yeah. Um, you know, so if they come out playing some shell conservative stuff for man rush and the Patriots have some success running the ball early, uh, you know, then you, you walk a guy down to the box or you, you get a little more heavier in the box as you go on. Um, but yes, it is a good game to, even though you're playing on the road, it's a good one to, to settle into as a first year defensive coordinator. I know he's been a defensive coordinator in the league before, but yes, yeah, it's a good way to break yourself in. Mac Jones, if Mac Jones cooks you over the top for 70 yards and a touchdown, then, then, okay. Then you start start worrying, but I, I, you're not you're not going up against uh, you know Josh Allen in in week one. So I think that's good for them. I just I just had this feeling that um, you know Belichick is going to you know fine, fine. I think I think the first quarter is going to be like dog shit. I think there's going to be panic tweets on the timeline. I think people are going to be like, what is going on with the offense? Because Belichick will come up with some way to slow him down. And maybe he'll be out there the night before, like watering the shit out of the turf and trying to trying to do something to it. I, you know, concocting some. And here, are you worried about single Belichick? <laughs> so you, so you like, you like the. You, I love you, it. I think he's heartbroken. I think he's crying watching uh, Reed Blankenship tape right now, watching single high two safeties popping it in. He's just crying over his heartbreak. Nah, Broke up nah, with his I girlfriend of fifteen years. It's been a messy divorce for the last, you know, fifteen fucking years. I think it should move the line at least like half a um, half a point in the Patriots' favor because single Belichick's got no, got no distractions. I see. I'm I'm riding the no distractions. See, this is the thing. You, there is distraction. She's been living in his house for the last year. It's been a drawn out fight. It's been a back and forth drawn out fight. The executives in the building. That is very about Six time Super Bowl champion yeah. Bill Belichick. His head's not true. in it. His yeah. heart's not in it right now. Hammer minus four Eagles. Also, the site is down. Our site, it's not in it. Oh, it's not in it. Crossing Broad's completely down. That's great. Crossing Broad is completely down. Oh, no, it's up. Here, let me try clicking on something here. Um, nope. Oh. Criti- I got a oh, critical oh. error right now. Critical error. Not in it. <laughs> well, fuck it. <laughs> we'll figure that out at one o'clock. Anyway, no, yeah, I, I really do. If you are hammering the Eagles, I'd hammer them right now at, at minus four, and I would do it on Fanatics because we are running this awesome uh, – well, it's actually points bet still. But we're running this awesome promo right now that if you put in a $50 bet, you get $150 free in uh, Fanatics merch credit. So basically, you put in $50, you buy yourself a jersey. And if you put it on minus four, you win that bet, and then you get another $150 for a free promo. And you buy yourself a nice little Kelly Green, nice little white, nice little black. I know Kevin is freaking out right now because the site is down. I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> We've been dealing with a laundry list of bullshit on the website for like the last week. At this point, I'm just like, you know, when you guys figure it out and fix it, let me know, you know. In the, the fucking engineer. <laughs> we got to learn how to code. We have to learn how to code because this fucking site is insane right now. We have too many people, too many cooks, too many cooks in the kitchen right now. And we yeah. need to get the site. We need to get the gambling promos in order. We need to get the site working. We need to do all this shit. Fix yeah. it. It's football season. We had this whole fucking summer yeah. to do it. Fix yeah. the damn site. I'm, t- I'm clipping this and I'm sending it over to whoever works yeah. on the uh, the scrum team. This is and how I'm about to shift to the to the management uh, strategy of just get it done. 
I have no idea how any of it works, but just get it done. You know? This is the only yeah. shitty thing that works. That is uh, the bad thing about remote. If we were in an office right now, we'd be kicking down the door to the guy in the in in who's probably got seventeen Red Bulls all over his desk. He's in a dark room. He's you could only see him by the computer light. We'd kick the door down and we would say, "Hey, motherfucker, fix this site right now." <laughs> we're we're just rolling right into the Eagle season with with a lot of momentum here. You know, yeah. uh, we're talking about Gannon. The site is down. Um, I need the Eagles to start in like the worst way possible. I, I cannot. I'm like, I'm running on. Uh, I'm running on E here. I need a good off day tomorrow. Maybe I go hiking and, uh, you know, come back with some energy. Well, good. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about something you really enjoy. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll change the topics before we get to the vibes guy in college, about 15 minutes. Football? We're doing college no, football. let's talk about James Harden. The report that came out about James Harden. I'd love to read the article right now, <laughs> no. but once again, the site is down. Fucking fix it. Um, James Harden. Awesome. 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 Behind the scenes look at it from uh, Ramona Shelbert. Uh, he's pissed off. He opts in. Sixers were, were like, can't believe that's happening. Uh, he was going to be an all-star, and he got pissed that he wasn't an all-star, but he just cried about it in his four seasons penthouse and wouldn't return Adam Silver's phone calls. So <laughs> at that time, Adam Silver moved on to Pascal Siakam, and that's the reason why James Harden isn't a 11-time straight all-star. It's crazy. It's crazy the egomaniacal, insecure nature of a guy making $300 million. Like I, ha- I couldn't even sniff two percent of what james harden is making in his life and i'm happier than james harden that's mm-hmm. insane to me and i know it's like money doesn't buy you happiness well it fixes a lot of fucking problems and but 300 million dollars stuff. yeah exactly and this guy is just an insecure egomaniacal mess and doesn't want to come back to the sixers because he feels like he was spurned it's crazy to me i i and i i hate it because in you could say what he won about his Instagram story. And he was like, well, I'll start releasing reports. You know, your reports are, are, are shit basically. But it's just like, if you're reading, you know, Ramona Shelburne, which 32, you know, teams are doing, how do you trade for James Harden right now between him just being going to be 35. And he's just like, he's just, he's just so far in his head. He's just like, just not what he, not yeah, I don't give one what one millionth of an iota of a shit about James Harden or the Sixers right now. I would much rather watch Nick Nurse and Paul Reed and like just some young two way grinders who want it. Yeah, you know, I think that would be a much more entertaining season than watching you know another year of Embiid and and Harden and Tobias Harris or whatever. Give me another process year. I would love to watch like the 2017, 2016-17 Sixers again where it's like, oh, there's some like hope here, but we got no expectations. I'm completely fucking over it. I don't care one bit about the Sixers. You think Bryce Harper's back? He's pretty locked in. I know. The curse of, the, uh, curse of uh, Chuck from Mount Airy seems like know. <laughs> oh, He's got one hit. Since uh, he went, since uh, Chuck mushed him, right? Yeah. So, so he went zero for twenty. He's now one for twenty three. He had that two run double last night, yeah, a five nothing victory. But man, go. he's pissed. He yeah. knows it. He knows they go the way he goes, and he made it known. Um, once again, wish I could get it on the site, but uh, the site is down. So I'll send it over <laughs> to Craig. But, um, well, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Basically, he was talking with reporters, and this actually made me laugh out loud. He was talking about the game and everything, you know, ch- uh, yucking it up and everything. One of the reporters asks him about his beard, and he immediately like locks in and like looks at him and basically did everything but call it a clown, a clown question, bro. Yeah, um, a awkward. It was very awkward. 
Yeah, it was very awkward. A lot. I've, if you can listen, if you listen closely, a lot of tight buttholes you can hear uh, tightening up. Craig, I just sent you over the uh, the clip. If you can go to about thirty eight seconds, we can play it here. Well, I mean, it's all about. How many you guys know? Everybody knows. <laughs> the heat and humidity impending is good out here. You guys know, man. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> the fuck out of here, nerds. I don't want to ask questions about my beard. I'm one for 23. I'm hugged up breathing down our back right now. We're only one and a half games up in the wild card, number one. You don't want to go to Wrigley in September, October. Shut the hell up. We're trying to win some baseball games. We've got seven of the biggest stretch of games in the next, in the next. Uh, I think it's what, six days. I think they play a doubleheader with the Braves. This is coming down the stretch. I'm getting a little nervous. My butthole is tightening up right now. Yeah. Uh, they're only one and a half up on the Cubs. The Cubs look really good. The Cubs are hot. Um, that was a really boring game last night. The bullpen is, you know, everybody outside of Zach Wheeler like doesn't look like an ace. The bullpen, I don't believe in one arm besides my main man, Jeff Hoffman. And, uh, and yeah. What do you think of the whole thing? Have you ever have you ever had a stare down from a guy, or have you ever had been like, "Hey, you know, next question or clown question, bro," in your time as a uh, as a journalist? Absolutely. Yeah. Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers has yelled at me. Jim Curtin has yelled at me. I think everybody's yelled at me at some point. Um. Uh. Yeah. I got and I got next question as well. I've been next question like three times. I think. We'll have, to get, we'll have to get Curtin on. We'll have to relive that story because I waited for him out in the hallway. I don't know why. He's like six foot four. He would have squashed. What was I going to say to him? He was probably going to squash me anyway. But You want to uh, see him outside? I waited outside. Yeah, I had to be I had to be restrained by uh, Carl Churkin, who's like six, 70 years old at this point. He used to anchor, anchor uh, Fox uh, Fox 29, like back in the back in the 90s or something like that. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of baseball left to play, man. I don't know if people were were um, I don't know if the vibes were a little too good, you know, or people were just thinking like, OK, now we now we shift down a downshift and like we'll just cruise into the playoffs and whatever. They still got <clears throat> they got three against Miami. They got four against the Braves. Oh, and I think they Braves. have the Cardinal trip to yeah the cardinals before they play at atlanta and if you get through that on the back end and you come out of that on like like okay then you get then you get the um i think it's mets pittsburgh mets right to end the season yeah, the, the end of the season what we thought was going to be pretty yeah. tough is actually turned out to be not tough at all um well uh, i don't know if the philly fan points out that the cubs schedule is easy and like you don't want to go to wrigley don't want to go to wrigley no so it's a little um uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a little iffy on that front. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not, I'm not like I, I think I think we all got our head in the clouds a little bit with all the the wonderful stuff that was happening with the Phillies for a while. But there's there's we got to come back down to earth a little bit. It's so weird because and we'll get into this vibes conversation. But like it's so weird because you look at the three home runs that have tied up the game. They were all monumental home runs. You got Bryce Harper tying it up against San Francisco, hitting it off the pole. Then I think you believe it was Trey Turner's home run that tied it up. And then it was Bryce's 300th that tied it up. They mm-hmm. lost all those games. But it was just such monumental, like it's number 300, Bryce, you know, coming back, his power's back, his, his, his elbow's healing and stuff. It was yeah. such good signs to see that it was like, it kind of felt like you won those games. And no, you didn't win those yeah. games. Um, I'm, I don't have to talk of my head if like the Cubs gained ground on that, but they've gained a lot of ground in the last, you know, seven, seven to 10 days. And now we're only one and a half up, which is, which is scary. It's scary. I mean, it's, it's one slip up. The Marlins, the Marlins are now in the third wild card spot. They're not, they're nothing to shake a stick at. We've always had trouble with them. <laughs> 
Then yeah. you got the Braves, and the Braves are a freaking juggernaut. And you better, and they just, I think they just swept the Dodgers. I know they at least won the series, but they're awesome. Acuna is amazing. Um, one through nine, they can't be stopped. The Cubs schedule, um, they've got four against Arizona. Then they got three in Colorado, three in Arizona, three versus Pittsburgh at home, three versus the Rockies at home. So they get six games against the Rockies. They get seven against Arizona. They do have to play at Atlanta three times, and then they end with Milwaukee, three in Milwaukee. So they're kind of like the reverse of the Phillies. Like Their hard shit is at the end, but their easy stuff's now. Phillies kind of flip-flopped. A little bit there. Philly fans making a good one right now. He's like Cubs third best team in baseball since all star break. I'm in I'm all in on needing the Cubs to win the division. I don't want to play the Brewers. The Brewers pitching is amazing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and man. You, you could argue some, that you yeah. could argue that an Alec Boehm easy little league grounder, they're taking two or three from the Brewers. But still, I mean, we didn't even see the Brewers best that in that uh in in, in that series. Um yes. I think um, – I don't know. I just have this weird feeling where it's like people kind of went on cruise control, right? It's not not just the Trey Turner stuff too and like the the, the vibes and all, and all that stuff, but the fact that they had been playing really good baseball for a month or two prior to that, at some point you think that it was probably going to come – Back, back down to earth not not bad baseball but average baseball again you know um when it was when they put themselves behind the eight ball with that start that they had right i mean in order to get themselves to where they are on the wild card they had to play like way way above level for a while you know so it's like you're down here and then you're up here at some point it was gonna you know level out right i mean like the law of averages right i mean we we, we would have been naive to to not think that you know now it gets a little weird with the eagles starting too where it's like you know, I think Sunday they play at one o'clock, and I think Monday they play at one o'clock too after the game. So they're gonna play some like real critical games here that they, where they might get kind of like the focus is gonna be on the Eagles, you know. And then we might look up at one point and be like, ah, so, you know, wild card standing is not what we want it to be. You know, it's gonna get a little interesting here. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, I just, it's, it's weird. I've, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any reservations about them. Yeah, I'm modeling it, but I mean, the Cubs are playing really, really well, you know? So. And, if, and if you want to play devil's advocate and you're out there listening, like you're not worried, I don't I don't blame you either because they limped into the playoffs in September last year, barely. I mean, they needed a, an Aranola eight-inning perfect game just to clinch against the Astros. We were all looking at it like it was going to be uh, like it was going to be another um, another collapse at the end. Um, yeah, so the vibes are kind of in a... Uh, in an interesting area right now. I think they're right, right in the middle. And I think that's why this would be a perfect time to bring our guest on. Um, he is Jason Del Gandio, and he is a temple professor. And are you the master of vibes? Are you the professor of vibes? Are you the, did you get a PhD? Are you the doctor of vibes? Tell us, you know, what should we address you as other than uh, Jason? Well, first, obviously nice to meet you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate no it. Um, so my name is Jason Del Gandio. I'm a professor at Temple University. Been there since 2006. Uh, at Temple, uh, my area, uh, my area of emphasis is communication and social influence, so persuasion, advocacy, public campaigns, things like that. Outside of Temple, though, uh, another side project of mine, been going on for years, is basically I study the vibe. Actually, got my master's degree and my PhD uh, by studying the vibe. My doctoral dissertation was on the vibe itself. I'm going to so, call you the doctor of vibes, all right? Well, that works for me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Vibe doctor. <laughs> I like this. 
Yeah. I like this. So the, your website, it, it features uh, videos to help athletes learn how to recognize the good times when they come, stay in the moment, become the best players they can be. How would you tell athletes to realize this is a good moment? Because obviously with Trey Turner, it's right in front of you. The ovation, yeah. like you you know that's a good moment. Right. But maybe you're now, right now, Bryce Harper, he's won for the last 23 but had a double, or had a two-run double, big double in the uh, in the end of the game. Should he really be staying in the moment? Are the vibes getting good? Are they are they like like the cream? Will the vibes always rise to the top? Uh, well, actually, the quick answer is no. The, the vibes don't always rise to the top. So there's a saying in our society like only good vibes. That's not true. There's good vibes, bad vibes, chill vibes, all kinds of vibes, right? Uh, as an athlete, uh, your vibes will ebb and flow from moment to moment. Um, think of a football game, a baseball game, baseball season, right? Uh, the team's on a hot streak, team's on a cold streak, etc. cetera. Uh, in terms of an athlete or a player, though, trying to uh, use the vibe to their advantage, I would say the first thing you have to do is uh, be in tune with your body and your surroundings. If you're always up here in your head, you're not paying attention to what's going on around you, right? <laughs> so how do you feel your own vibe? How do you feel the vibe of your team uh, teammates, of the fans? And then if you realize, though, that you're in a rut, you're in a cold streak, you're in a bad vibe. You have to do something to, 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 to change that, to bust out of that bad vibe. Um, the Trey Turner thing is always interesting. It's a, it's a fascinating story, right? The fans said, hey, let's get together. And they collectively decided we're going to support this guy. And then, boom, he's off on a hot streak, right? Um, and that moment, though, is a good example where when you think of vibes as a collective phenomenon, right? And how the fans use their collective vibe to help a player to accelerate. Now, to Trey's... Um, benefit i guess um not all players can do that though some people get choke in the moment right like mm -hmm. twenty thousand people supporting you publicly you ben might simmons. not have the ability to, to actually stand up to the plate and do that right you can just say ben simmons jason whenever you want to talk about guys who didn't live up the moment it's fine here <laughs> well i mean let's i mean let's think about all the athletes like great athletes bad athletes um think of pressure moments it's bottom of the ninth bases loaded tie game pitcher versus batter right the entire world is watching you the spotlight is on right and the best players the best athletes tap into that collective vibe and allow that vibe to propel them forward other athletes i'm not passing moral judgment here but other athletes they can't do that they choke in the moment ben simmons <laughs> right 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 totally 100 right um but that's kind of also why we watch sports that's what makes sports fun Right. I've said this before in other interviews and whatnot. Um, I can't imagine being a sports fan if there was no vibe to feel right? like what what are we doing? Like we're just going to sit here and just stare at each other. Right. Um, think about the emotion, the intensity, the excitement, highs and lows of winning and losing. I mean, that's why we invest in sports. So I'm going to the Marlins game tomorrow. Sweet. When I walk into Citizens Bank Park, how will I know if the vibe's good? How will I know if the vibe's bad? Well, I think you you wouldn't know it. I mean, you're a sports expert, obviously. You've been to probably hell of a lot more games than I've ever been. Uh, and when you walk in there, you know immediately what the vibe is like. Some people might call it chemistry. Some people might call it collective mood, emotion. But when you walk in, there's an embodied experience to let you know what's happening right here and right now. And that's basically a vibe. How do you measure something that is immeasurable? Right. Because the vibe, as we all know, is not a quantifiable data set, right. it's not qualifiable or whatever. There's no Richter scale for, for vibes, right? So how do we parse all of that into some kind of 
talkable topic, I guess, for right. lack of a better word. Uh, well, I, I do agree that it's not, at least as far as I know, it's not quantifiable. Um, but not all of human experience is quantifiable. How do you quantify love, for instance? You know it when you feel it, that you fall in love with someone. It's in, it can be infatuating, but you know it's real, right? Um, and I would say the same thing with the vibe, that think about how many fans, players, coaches, athletes refer to the vibe on a regular basis. Never, But it's like a throwaway term. We just use it, right? I take it upon myself as my job as intellectual to help people bring that to more of a conscious uh, word, more of a conscious conscious experience, right? Just because it's not quantifiable doesn't mean it means not real. So to Kyle's point, like, how will I know? It's like, well, I guarantee you'll know if it's good or bad when you walk in, right? Now the question is, what kind of language will we use to describe that, right? And so vibe, energy, mood, all those kinds of things. And how can we become more specific and articulate about this thing that we call the vibe because it's just it's it's funny when i think about the trey turner thing i think that we would all agree that yes the ovation worked right there's no empirical data set to say we can demonstrably say that x is because of y you know we all all know it but it's like trying to connect the dots you know But, but i like it because it's an abstract term you know it's like um and i remember um i guess i was reading in the john stolness thing that he wrote about you you got into this like because of like music like you were a fish fan or like in the rave scene or something is that the genesis of your interest oh, in- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. how many how many shows how many shows you've been uh, fish? Over 80, i guess oh my god <laughs> five yeah. yeah um so yeah so going backwards here i guess um I first got into, I started thinking about vibes around 18, 19, 20. I was part of the fish scene, rave scene, club scenes, underground parties, all kinds of wild stuff. And everyone talked about the vibe, including me. But for some reason, I started thinking about, what are we actually talking about here? Uh, And then I used my, I wrote my first paper on the vibe as a college student in a class on nonverbal communication. Um, And so my work with the vibe is more theoretical and conceptual. Um, Like how do we articulate these things for other people? How do we make these experiences more real? And I think sports, though, is a fascinating study. Like it's it's part of sports experience, part of sports culture, um, hands down. I mean, so think about like on a larger level. Um, last year, Phillies were in the World Series and the vibe of the whole city. Right? right. But then they lose and everyone's depressed. But because they're the underdog, though, and no one really thought they were going to win. Like we all hoping they're going to win. But we, it was like, OK, they lost or heartbroken, but it wasn't devastating. Now. The Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Everyone thinks they're going to win. When they lost, the entire city's deflated, like for weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like a, a collective phenomenon. And again, it's not just about this thing we call the vibe. There's all kinds of um, registers of experience, right? But I would argue the vibe is part of that phenomenon. My thing that I think with this topic, <clears throat> be it sports, be it music, music's a good example. I've that's used this example before on the show. I think when you're talking about positive energy or these abstract topics of vibes or whatever, an underrated component of that is reciprocity, where the fan, the sports fan gives energy to the player. The player absorbs that energy, performs well, gives it back to the fans in performance or, you know, a a big hit or something like that. And then you get this like rubber band effect where it just keeps going back and forth and like this, like this, this 
elevating. You know, it's like I, I would talk to musicians back in the day who would be like, and I'd ask them, like, I did a whole big story on this idea of like, do you like when people have cell phones at your concert? Or do you not like it? You know, because some people would say like, one one guy said to me, he's like, I don't mind when people do it because that guy's putting our stuff on YouTube, and now like thousands of other people can see it. Other bands will say, I don't want anybody doing that stuff because I want them to enjoy the moment. And if they're not giving us energy, we can't give them energy right. back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's really it's an exchange, right? The vibe I would argue or do argue it's a relational phenomenon, right? It's always in relationship to something. Now you can even if yourself is the relationship, you're you can feel your own vibe, you can vibe on yourself, right? But again, I think the first date or a romantic relationship, that's a great ex uh, example, right? A back and forth or bands, concerts, live music. That's an awesome example. Another music example, I was just having this conversation on a couple of weeks ago with someone. So the whole um, silent disco thing, right? You put the, the earphones on, you're out in public. We're all hearing the music, but it's through the, the earphones, right? Mm -hmm. That's very different than hearing a live DJ or a live band, right? I'm not against the, the silent disco, but... The, the focus is up here, right? As opposed to like more of an embodied experience. Like we're all feeling the bass together at the same time. Um, I, I think, again, there's a certain kind of vibe that comes with the silent, silent disco. It's not my vibe that I personally like. Not personally uh, vibe, doctor, not mine either. Okay. Okay. Why? Why? Because I like to be in with the masses. I, right. I feel like it's kind of goes back to the phone thing. I feel like everyone's on their phone or everyone's in their own right. little world. I don't want everyone to be in their own little world at a concert or at a sporting event. I want everyone to be in a sense of community. I right. love community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, that's a great example. Like, why do we as fans love going to see games? Right. We get to bond with each other. We identify with each other. We experience in the moment together, which that itself creates a certain kind of vibe. Yeah, I was uh, at the Pantera show in Hershey a couple months ago. And uh, like you're sitting there, you're like, oh, yeah, I know this song. Like, I get this shit. I'll, you know, sing along with it or whatever. Then you see this other guy who knows it too. And then this other guy or whatever. You know, next thing I know, I'm like, we're in the mosh pit banging heads together, you know, because, but, but that's it's the same with sports too. Right. And right. like, I just think there's more. I think what's interesting is that there's more opportunities for, the i guess you call it an exchange of vibes i feel like this discussion would be better if i was on shrooms by the way but i like i, don't, I did think about taking an edible before this interview yeah, I, but i like this i like big sweeping macro level topics versus like the eagles defense gotcha. you know um but uh you know like a good example right it's like everybody went with like the dancing on my own uh, right, 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 right. Like it was something that you could collectively latch on to but that's because you ha you have this access now to like the Phillies locker room that you didn't have 10 years ago here's the Spotify playlist and it lets you in you feel like you're closer to these guys than you were than you ever could have been before sure. you know so you talk about like the positives and negatives of this thing right here that's one of them is that it brings you kind of closer to this like digital world where it's kind of easier to get share that experience with a with a musician or with an athlete or something that you may not have been able to before no i totally agree i think it's a great analysis awesome it's point on yeah is it momentum or vibes or are they mutually exclusive in terms of sports momentum you mean like is momentum are, real I, I think momentum is real some people i've heard plenty of uh sports announcers sports writers or coaches even say it's not real just stick to the book do what i say I disagree. I think momentum is a real thing at the psychological level, at the emotional level, level at the level of vibes. I mean, momentum is, is real. Um, now the question is, how do we explain that? It's like, well, to use like a hippie term, like think of like flow, like flow moves in a certain kind of direction, 
right? Mm -hmm. And when everyone's on the same page in terms of a team, everyone's in the same headspace, right? Everyone's on the uh, on the same page, giving off the right vibe at the right time, and it creates a certain kind of collective dynamic that allows certain things to happen that normally wouldn't happen. Why do you get the good break at the right time to help you win the game, right? I mean, part of being a, a hot streak team is getting lucky breaks, right? But those lucky breaks aren't just happenstance. You do certain things to make them happen. What's wrong with the Sixers? Because they can't get past the second round. And I think we've done a great job of trying to give them great vibes as Sixers fans. Uh, this is more of your realm. I mean, but some, okay, a team was a collection of individual personalities, right? Individual personalities, though, even if they're great athletes, don't make for a great team. Right? So if we're looking at that, that phenomenon through the lens of the vibe, the vibes aren't gelling. They're not connecting with each other. Whatever amount, like for whatever reason, I don't know. James Harden. Okay. It'd be all kinds of reasons, right? Um, but yeah, it's just, and at that point, the question then becomes, do you break the team down and move on? Or do you try to retool this thing? But you can't artificially infuse that kind of energy into somebody or something that doesn't have it innately you know i think i see what you're saying i would agree yeah. if, I, yeah. if, I, if I get what you're saying i, I agree is the example that we used in a sports like thought you know a couple months ago and we were talking about the sixers is like this uh this uh, again another non-quantifiable or qualifiable idea of like do you have that dog in you like right. do you have the mental capacity to kind of that met that intangible quality that like you're just a leader and you can rise to the occasion right. you know right and I don't think you can I don't think you can just I don't think you can just make that out of out of nowhere. Right. And there's got to be. And, and it's the same with like sports as well, because you need almost like a like a pivot or something to latch on to to generate like that energy, that positivity, mm -hmm. the, like the vibe that, you know, it's like in, in the Phillies case recently, like, you know, we just gave a couple examples like the ovation or the song that everybody kind of like there's like a coming together moment that starts it and then it, you know. Another word I like in terms of what you're talking about, uh, uh, Kevin, is the word heart in terms of players and athletes. Do they have hearts? Yeah. Right. And I've lived long enough. Some people got it. Some people don't. And that, that's just how it is. Uh, and as a fan, though, I root for people that have heart. Right. So even if they're down by 50 points, are they still playing hard? Right. They still feel like I, I, I want to give my all regards to the situation. And you can't as far as I know, you can't force somebody to have heart. And I think someone has heart has a certain kind of vibe. Same with the team. If the team has heart, it's a team. If they're not, even they're that good, you still cheer for them. You still root for them. You can yeah. feel their efforts. Right? Yeah, so, and and within the 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 provincial uh, and parochial nature of the Philadelphia sports fan, there are certain traits that are desirable. Yep. That being one of them, right? right. So exactly. somebody comes in there, the scrappy underdog, right. blue collar, whatever bullshit cliche I can throw in there. I mean, like Philly fans will latch onto that. You know, right? Hundred percent. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if you're Ben Simmons. Would, right. would you say throwing snowballs at Santa's was actually good vibes because we all came together and did a collective effort and it was a sense of community <laughs> and that the national media has just been spill, spinning this, this stupid narrative for about 50, 60 years now? I don't know if I can endorse throwing snowballs at Santa, but I see your question. It's a really good question, right? Like, Who's drunk? Right. I mean, it. it becomes a kind of a cultural phenomenon that the fan base of the city revolves around. And even though the outcome may not be good, it brings people together, right? Like it it, it's a vibe, right? Right. Good vibes. And then how does how do outsiders from that fan base or from that culture how do they interpret or misinterpret what was happening? 
right? They've been doing it for 50, 60 years. They write about it every time we go to the playoffs. True. This is a true story. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Then it's interesting, though, as I'm thinking about this, like the collective vibe within the city or within the fan base, as opposed to the vibe outside of that. Does that make sense? It's kind of abstract, right? But like, yeah, yeah like now you have two different vibes going on here. Right? I've never thought about it before, but it's interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why we always sing, no one likes us, we don't care. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Screw the people outside there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love the topic. I feel like after this, I want to listen to like shoegaze or something. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> which for the young people in the chat, it's a type of music that's just kind of like droney and you're gazing at your shoes while you're playing it. That's where it came from. Um Jason, tell us about the the course. So you do a, a course called the Sports Vibe. Um, yeah. So on my um, on my website, which is twenty uh, minutevibecom I posted a few uh, self paced video courses. And one of the ones I released just this past summer, a couple months ago, it's called uh, the Sports Vibe, a course about sports energy. And it's it sounds heavy, but it's actually lighthearted. It's got a bunch of visuals in there, music, things like that. Seventy minutes long, uh, and it's one way for me to articulate and share ideas about the vibe in a way that's uh, fun-loving, right, in terms of sports. Um, so what is the vibe and how does the vibe relate to sports, to athletes, players, coaches, difference between your gut feeling and the vibe, all that kind of stuff. And then I just pull it up there. I can see it, yeah. Outside of sports right now, there's a murderer on the loose in Chester County. The vibes have to be very low in the uh, Chester County Police Department. I believe he's on seven, maybe eight days now. Can't find him, can't locate him, too hot, can't use the thermal detection rays and everything. How would you, if you, if, if the Chester County PD called you and said, hey, Jason, vibes are low right now. How do we turn these vibes around other than obviously catching the- I was going to say, you can catch them and that'll help. Um, that's, a, that's a tough question. I don't know if I can answer that one. That's all we bring here. <laughs> Community's got to come together, though. There's probably going to be a bunch of vigilantes out there just trying to get them themselves. You know, there's a twenty thousand dollar reward right now. I mean, I do think we are getting to the territory where you know what, people from the public are going to have to start, you know, chipping in here. Stop staying in your houses. Well, I mean, that if we talk about vibes and communities and whatnot, if we can come together in a positive way to find this person, obviously, then that would uh, make the community feel much safer, and that's obviously a better vibe than worrying for your life every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got to go out and grab, you know, grab life. Life's not going to come to you. You got to go get it and get the murderers. Grab Cavalcanti by the horns. I think this is where right. cell phones might actually come in, in handy, though, right? Yes. You see this person walking around, you shoot a video, send it to the, the police, and obviously then, you know, detain this person and, and do what you will. So, it's very true. It's very yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. One more for you. Yeah. Eagles minus four this week. Bill Belichick just broke up with his girlfriend of 15 years. I didn't know that. Breaking news. The vibes have to be low. Put yourself in Bill Belichick's territory. Put yourself in a, in a, in a lovesick puppy. It's a, it's been a, it's the, the, the Patriots executives are nervous. Uh, it's been a potentially or allegedly a year back and forth struggle with these two. He's, she's still living in the house, Jason. That's insane. Oh, I didn't know any of this. It's know. insane. It's insane. So as a guy who's looking at Eagles minus four, who might be on on the, uh, you know, should I go plus four? Should I go minus four? Swell me on minus four with the vibes that Bill Belichick might be feeling right now. Wow. This man, I feel like I'm in school. This is a tough question. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I think any normally functioned human being would be emotionally and psychologically affected by that relationship situation. 
okay, he's a six-time Super Bowl champion. I know, I'm getting there. Or, yeah, yeah, getting, there. Stupid. I'm getting there. I'm getting there, right? Okay, all right. I, just, I didn't know how much you knew about him. <laughs> um, normally function human being. Uh, the man is made of stone. Probably doesn't have a heart. Um, so maybe it doesn't affect him. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. See, this is why I see. This is why I told you, Pagan, that this was a, a point swing in the Patriots' favor because, like, <laughs> he's got no distractions at all, and he's he's probably looking at the film again right now. He's never won a breakup in his career. All right, what that Tom Brady guy do? He went and won a Super Bowl. <laughs> it's a little different, I think. He could uh, actually what if it pisses him off though and propels him to work even harder. Yeah. So right. you're thinking he's been watching a lot of tape, you're saying, and not frolicking around. Well, Nantucket maybe, really now he has him. less worries at home. Well, maybe potentially less worries at home. I have she's idea. at the house now, so he might be staying in the facility, we're saying. I mean, if it was me, I could not function that way. Girlfriend and I broke up, and then Sylvie in the house. One of us has got to go, right? You're a lover. I'm sure, a lover. House, I'm, sure the, I'm sure Bill Belichick's Nantucket house is probably big enough that they have their own space, even if she's living there. Oh, with true, right. Like but the vibes in the house are not good right now. There are bo- <laughs> that, okay, that's actually a nice tie. Yes, that's that's a nice tie. I wasn't thinking about that right. The vibes there have to be horrible. They have to be mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah. Now, whether or not Bill Belichick can block that out, or whether it affects him or not, like not everyone's affected equally by this thing called the vibe. Maybe he just doesn't care. Yeah. Maybe well, that's why they're breaking up. Well, Nick Cassianos, yeah, I mean, Nick, the vibes in Nick Cassianos' house were not good last year because it was Ben Simmons' house. So, right, you know, right. Of, you know, where we could talk about the concept of haunted. You know, maybe that's a, a another thing there for another time. But uh, yes, yeah. Do you ever deal with extra? extra is that not terrestrial? <laughs> that's uh, aliens. Um, spiritual beings. <laughs> spiritual beings have different vibes that might be able to. Like, if my apartment is haunted right now, uh, and I experience these cold chills or these bad vibes, and I walk in the door, You're is that an external there. factor that you can measure into good vibes or bad vibes? I don't know if it can be measured. I would assume it would affect you, though. I, I, I would assume so. All right. Um, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. Oh, tying this back to vibes and households. So any sports fan knows that when your team wins, you're on a high. When your team lo- loses, you're on a low. Right. And then how does that affect your household? Mm-hmm. Your romantic partner. Not, your not well. Right. Not well. That's a classic example of what we're talking about. It's like to one person in the household, the, wor- the world has uh, ended. The other person's like, who cares? And then you can't even say, why wouldn't you care about this? Mm-hmm. All right. Now you got some vibe conflict or vibe friction going on in the household. All right. You might have to smooth that out also afterwards. Like, look, I'm sorry last night. It was a bad move. My team lost, blah, blah, blah. I mean, so that's an example of what we're talking about. Yeah, there it is. Oh, I didn't know yeah. anything about this. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, the yeah. bad spirit. What did he do? He brought in, uh, oh, sage. Yes, uh, sage yeah. and a crystal uh, to cleanse the new house of uh, bad spirits, right? And- mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not what I would do, but I mean, you got to, you know, if you're superstitious and you want to start hitting the baseball, then that's well, the, the thing, you know. So, I, I, if, if it works, it works. Now, in terms of it's the, if it's a causation or correlation, but if it works, then you keep working with it. If it doesn't work, you stop doing it. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right. Jason, thanks, man. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I'll I'll happy to come back on uh, during football season or playoffs uh, with the Phils and whatnot, all that kind of stuff. We talk more about vibes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely going to need you because, I mean, this team is weird. This Phillies team is weird, man. They just kind of just run off of vibes and and somewhat of talent. Um, It's an enigma. But I'm glad it's actually real 
Um, it's not just like some fake thing some weird Phillies fan made up in their basement. Uh, <laughs> that this team actually does run on vibes. And I'll I'll report back tomorrow when I once I walk in past the security okay, gate I'll, of uh, Citizens Bank Park. I'll know right away if it's good vibes or bad vibes. If I see Greg the Bull Lazinski, it's a bad vibe. If I go get a beer and nobody's in line, it's a good vibe. So we'll uh we'll see. All right, guys. Appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Take care, guys. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. Talk to you. Talk to you. Wow. <laughs> That was fun. I like that. This I love those kinds of topics, man. I feel like I need to, um, like I need to smoke a bowl right mm-hmm. now. And listen to some like uh, real droney, like uh, you know. I got a question. I got, I, I got yeah. something about um, the comments right now. I've seen a couple of these things. I get uh, lambasted for wearing a sweatshirt indoors. Yeah, it's seventy-two degrees in my house. The Air conditioning pumps, okay, even at 72 degrees. I understand it's 95 degrees outside. I'm not outside right now. Well, but Does yeah. Does not know how air conditioning works in this area? What, but what, hear me out on this. What if you just set the air conditioning up a little higher so you don't have to wear a sweatshirt? Because 72 is a good Everyone has their their range. Some people have 68. Some people have 69, 70, 71, 72. I think anything above 72 is kind of weird, but it pumps better in my living room. It doesn't pump as well in this bedroom. It pumps better in this bedroom and doesn't pump in the other bedroom as well. Shout out to me. Two-bedroom place. Let's You've go. got the large <clears throat> ceilings. You've got the coffered ceilings, right, with the wooden beams going through. Ours is set to 76. Yes, but you have air that probably pumps out to good places of the uh, everywhere in the house. The basement is relatively usually colder than it is the kitchen than it is the top. The mm. heat rises and stuff. I don't think this is a crazy concept, but people think I'm a I'm a I'm an insane person for wearing a sweatshirt indoors. I'm a cold person. It's mostly f- just Ford, if we're being honest. Like Ford wants you to hang your <laughs> p- picture on the wall and he wants you to wear a t-shirt. I don't think that's too much yes ford is a loyal listener so i think i think you should try to do it yeah if my mom yeah here's my mom chiming in now wait uh, mrs kincaid chimes in ours is 69 degrees nice no problem kevin's house is always hot kev why is your house always hot we like it warm i don't know what to, to say we save money it's comfortable we wear shorts and t-shirts in the what's, summer what's, it set to? what's the thermostat set to kev 76 i told you that holy shit yeah 76 mm-hmm. i mean that's one it's one thing is you know you don't have the in-laws always come over if it's at 76 and hot all the time i i like your i know there's like something behind this well my mom who just commented too she will tell you that like she when she would come over all the fans would be immediately turned <laughs> Poor mrs kincaid <laughs> i hope she's through menopause because mrs kincaid would be out that door so fast she'd be sweating over some burgers and uh, and fries Mrs. Kincaid, by the way, was at Penn State on Saturday for She's the game. She's dead yeah. to me. Who she root for? West Virginia. Okay, never mind. She's yeah. back on. She's yeah. back on. Yeah, my, parents have season, my parents have season tickets to the football games, the West Virginia football games, because they knew somebody up there, so they went to Penn State to watch us get our ass kicked by the uh, the the Nits, you know, the Nittany Lions. But uh, did you see real quick? Did you see um, the kind of Mm-hmm. really controversy but i threw it up on the site yesterday about them running up the score or, or whatever people were accusing them to. yeah they punched they punched it in with six seconds left to cover like the 20 and a half points or whatever and some people were like making these gambling gambling things saying like well they must have money on the spread or something and yeah i, I just can't believe 
I'm agreeing with James Franklin on this. Like that's how much of a loser Neil Brown is. Like Neil Brown, if he makes it through half the season with his loser comments, I will be shocked. I mean, this is a respectable West Virginia program we're talking about. We're talking about Steve Slate. We're talking about Pat White. We're talking about Owen Schmidt, Pat McAfee, guys that were like part of my childhood. I love Noel Devine. He was the man. Good pull. Yeah. Um, and now we have Neil Brown compa- um, arguing about the twos on Penn State running up the score. Yeah. Well, you're doing ring around the rosy plays down 21. That's insane. Yeah. So he came out and said this after the game. He said Penn State on Penn State not taking a knee. He said, I wouldn't have done that, but it doesn't bother me. Stuff like that comes back around. Yeah. It's not, again, like people kind of ignoring the context. This is like very applicable to any game. You know, I mean, I remember like we had these big arguments. We had did a bunch of stories on the site and it was a big deal a couple of years ago when uh, Sean Payton scored again on the Eagles. Oh, yeah, they beat the piss out of them. Yeah. They beat the piss out of them. Yeah, Malcolm J- – I think that was the game that Malcolm Jenkins, like, flipped him off or something like that. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, when mm-hmm. they were in New Orleans and they got absolutely walloped. Um, I think that was a couple games. Then we met him in the, uh, in the playoffs, and now Malcolm Sean dropped Malcolm it. Dropped it, yeah, yeah. But, again, that was the same thing. It's like, for, first of all, in college football, it's like the committee looks at, you know, like a 38-15 to 15 win is better than a 31-15 to 15 win, you know. Mm-hmm. You got your backups in the game. What are you going to ask your backups to take a knee? Like, yeah. you know, West Virginia was still playing. We scored, went for a two-point conversion, and then, you know, our ones scored against their twos. They had their backups in. We were calling timeouts on that final drive. So I have no issue with what Penn State did there. Like, I, I'm with you, man. I agreed with James Franklin for the first time in my life. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of can be, like, dopey and, and, you know, goofish sometimes. But, I like, he was right about that. He's like, what do you, what do you, what do you want, you know? It's like the Ian, two uh, deserve the opportunity to go out and play. You know, Ian has a good point. Drew Aller, quiet Heisman, good bet. Probably could still get a great return on that. I would, uh, I would see what that was on DraftKings and and, and bet that immediately. I mean, they're going to be they're a sexy pick for the national champion. They're they could be, you know, even in even if they don't make the college football playoff. I am so impressed by by Drew Aller. Well, I think what's uh, his face? What's his face from USC probably has to be the odds on leader right now. Yeah, right? yeah, he's he's definitely the odds yeah, on. Uh, but Jaden Daniels was number two from LSU, and everyone saw what he he was. So he's uh, he's uh, his his stock tanked and everything. One thing I did want to uh, say, we'll wrap it up here, and then we'll get a prediction from both of us. And I do want to make a programming note. Uh, starting in the football season, we are moving from Monday to Wednesday. Uh, it just makes no sense for us to be on Tuesday when everyone reacts on Monday and you know we're, we're two nights behind and stuff. It was nice because we had the coordinators to talk to about and everything, but we need to uh, be there on Monday. So Monday and Wednesday going forward from the football season and potentially beyond. Um, Kevin, you eating the Frosted Flakes, Flied Chicken, Cooper Sharp Cheese, Honey Glaze, Bacon Cherry Jam, and Ghost Chili with Apple Fritters as the bun at Lincoln Financial Field. Craig, can we click on that photo so we can get it full screen? No. No, I'm I'm not eating that. What Eagles fan is eating that? Like, Eagles fans like cheesesteaks and hot dogs and... I... If I saw someone... I, I would request to move my seat if I saw someone taking down an Apple Fritter... Frosted fr- flakes, fried chicken. That's too many F's. Cooper Sharp cheese. Cooper Sharp cheese is awesome. Honey glazed bit. Like, it just kind of makes me laugh. It's like when the Flyers unveiled all these new options at the Wells Fargo Center and they had like an Asian. Um, like, what I don't it, think this oh, is, is it a poke bowl, poke bowl. How do you say it? Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever it's called. I'm like, what? Fl- how many Delco Flyers fans are going to order? that okay at that the uh, you know you know what i'm saying like what like what is the what is the poke bowl and market? a side of asian chicken salad please from the guy from ridley pennsylvania yeah how many yeah. delco flyers fans are going to order the vegan like walnut 
um, goat cheese salad. And then the go level. beat the piss out of a Bruins fan up in the 200 levels. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't um, I, I don't think those are real. I, I've never met somebody outside of like a minor league game who had like the two foot long hot dog or the glazed donuts between burger sandwich. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is just like an Aramark um, an, 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 an thing that Aramark does so that they can just go insanely viral and Darren Rovell will just tweet it out. It's a good move. I, I can't hate on you for, uh, for for doing that and everything, but I don't think I think you'll see the under if I set it at five and a half. The under on people walking around with the frosted flakes, fried chicken between apple fritters as a bun. Well, on a, and on a related note, I told my wife I would take her to Chick Fil A after this show because she wants to get uh, the honey pimento chicken sandwich. No, I hate pimento. Hate pimento. You would hate the Masters, man, because that's what they. I uh, did. I had it down there, and it sucked. You didn't like the pimento cheese sandwich. Now give me the. Uh, I think it was a, a Caesar wrap all day. It was so good. I think I crushed like four of them because <laughs> they're only like a dollar fifty down. We'll there. talk about the Masters this year. We'll do a Masters show, and I will recount my experience at Augusta National. Pimentastic. Yeah, pimentastic. Yeah. Oh, that's the Chick Fil A. Wow, look at that. I'm getting hungry. Maybe we should end the show right now. Should we I want a prediction first before? Do they cover? Do they not cover? What's the final score? So it's as of now, it's still four points, right, in the Eagles' favor. I think the Eagles win twenty. Four to seventeen. I think it's ugly in the. I think it's ugly in the first quarter, and it's going to be like, what the hell is going on here? And then I just think they're superior talent, unless the Tom Brady tribute uh, results mm-hmm. in Mac Jones being <clears throat> osmotically injected with Tom's DNA. I don't see the Patriots winning. The vibes are going to be awesome in Etchelet. I guess. But the, no, talent's be better. the talent's better for the Eagles. Oh, yeah. The, the vibes will probably be able to carry over for the first quarter. I agree with you. I think they'll start slow. They start slow every year. It's just mm-hmm. what the Eagles do. I'm going to go 31-27. I know that's a push, so I, I don't love that, but I love the score. I'll go 31 under. What's the over-under on that? I don't even know. That's that's bad. That's bad. Uh, that's oh, bad God, on our part. Know. I'll vamp yeah. while, you, uh, while you go. So I'm going to go 31-24 just so I can get the uh, the spread cover there for the Eagles. Um yeah, I just think I I just don't believe in Mac Jones. I think it's just stop Ramondre Stevenson. I think we could look at potentially like four to five sacks from the Eagles defensive line. I think uh it would it be shocked if Jalen Carter has a good game. Over under 45. 45. I think uh, I think that's an under. Wow. I don't love that. But I'll stick with 31 too, I think. Yeah. 31 24 yeah. uh in Gillette. Yeah. My favorite, um, by the way, I'll do my last point before the show. I think Iowa and Iowa State play um, this year. I think I've hit the under on that game like five years in a row. I think the under is always like 30, like 30 points or something like that. Yeah, it's almost uh, as bad as the uh, Navy <laughs> Army. <laughs> That's like like Rutgers versus Northwestern. I think uh, James from ESNY said it was going to yeah. be a rock fight. And it was yeah. like, of course, the under hit, you know. <laughs> That's my one thing that I would tell everybody to bet every single year. Bet the under on Iowa, Iowa State. I also like – I feel like I'm falling into a trap here, but I love Colorado too. Yeah, I love Nebraska. It's just too much good. There's- yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I just don't – I mean, like, what is – how how many points is Nebraska going to score, though? Deion's got matter. talent, man. I mean, he's those skill players are really fucking good. They're going to find a way against, against Matt Rule. 
We'll do the Temple 2 parlay. We'll do Nebraska covers against Colorado. And the Temple Owls, single-digit dogs to the Rutgers Scarlet Knights this weekend. <laughs> the last time they've been single-digit dogs to the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, it probably yeah. was 1977. Smash um, the under for that one, too. <laughs> so I got that. I got Matt Rule covering against Dion and the boys. And then I got the other Temple parlay. The Temple 2-step parlay is uh, – is Temple covering against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights? Oh It'll be great. I, I don't know if I'm going to touch that one with a ten foot pole. Temple plus two eighty on the money line. Rutgers minus three fifty. Temple plus nine and a half. The over under is forty four. That'll be a good fun game. Feels like an under. An under. That'll be a fun game. EJ Warner is the yeah. truth. He leaves us to the promise land. He does yeah. this really cool thing where he has a glove now. Yeah. Does it for his father. Love that. Um, all right. Oh, I love it. All right. I'm going to go get a pimento cheese thing yeah. for my wife. All right. For my, yeah, I'm, I'm my wife. Your... My wife. <laughs> yeah. Your wife is starving right now. Hey, everybody, thank you for uh, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Go, birds. We'll see you Monday.